It's time to delve. Delve into science fiction. Science fiction delving time. Ta-da-da. I should probably talk louder, huh? Yeah, you should. Alright, so people can hear me. I'm projecting for all you happy ears. Why, why are they happy? I don't know. I they feel get, like our, the average age of our listeners is too old. They get to hear They've us. all gone blinking red. <laughs> they're, no, they're no longer happy. They're no. just enraged at society. They're all, they're all runners. They're all blinking red gems. <laughs> I don't know. They have to hope for Carousel. <laughs> hope, to, hope to renew? Hope to renew. We know people who have renewed. <laughs> Do they know what we're talking about yet? No, I'm not at all. Okay. So if you haven't figured out what we're talking about based on these weird jokes that we're making, we're talking about the... What's the year of the film? Who's the director? 1976 film directed by Michael Anderson, and the screenplay was produced by David Zillug Goodman called Logan's Run. Yes. Based on a book novel of the same name. And apparently, from what I hear from Vinny, who hasn't read it but just read the synopsis, which is a perfectly legitimate way to judge anything, it sounds horrible. It, it, it sounds a lot goofier than the movie does. Which, you know, I'm going to go with hard to do. This movie has some pretty goofy moments. Oh, I loved it, though. It was really goofy. No, I really, I, I liked it. It had goofy moments, but I, I really like it for the, the high concept of it. It had some, it had some solid acting. Um... It had a really good cast. It did. Although most of them are, are people don't know anymore. I know from like minor roles in other well, films. The only name that you would probably recognize if you were just a layperson and did weren't like a film geek is the bit role that Farrah Fawcett played. Yeah. And if you're a film geek, you recognize like two other names. You'd get Michael York. You get Michael York and Peter Ustinov. Hmm. Who's Peter Ustinov? He's another like Shakespearean actor. Is he the old man? He's the old man. Okay. Heavily in makeup, even in this film. So he was he was not nearly as old as uh, <laughs> that crazy old madman. Yeah, <laughs> living in the Senate. But this is uh, of course the the delve pick from last time. Yep. And we it's it's a new post apocalyptic, but it's a post apocalyptic that I'm surprised we haven't hit yet. We haven't we never we never hit how to survive the how to survive. We never dealt with weird segmented societies. I mean, I think I think that. The world collapsed from over-resource use. That makes sense. Like, you, you got a couple of, like, paint strokes of what mm-hmm. happened, but nothing solid. No, and, and no one knows in the world either, which is interesting. But that makes sense, yeah. just based on how their society kind of landed, which is, you know, just a quick brush on the plot. You were living in this domed citadel where, like, outside is a horrible, horrible thing. So they don't go outside, and you have a little crystal in your hand, and you get to live for 30 years, and in your last year, your crystal turns red, and you have to go to Carousel and hope for for renewal if you want to live for, if you actually wanted to live for 30 years. And this is what they say. Like, they seem to think it odd that some people might want to live for 30 years. It's a long time, 30 years. Our main character is what they call a Sandman, who is the person in charge of terminating anyone who decides they don't want to cater to society's wishes and die at 30. And renew and go to Carousel at 30. Sorry, my bad. I'm not I'm not espouting our propaganda per correctly. I like the name. I support this idea. You know, I'm sure you do, being, you know, not quite there yet. I'm only a green right now. Yeah, I'm like, I don't know, what's past red, ultra blinking, red, black? Blinking, blinking red, remember? <laughs> they start blinking when I, it's the... I believe I have to be a runner. Yeah. Um, 
You're gonna die. I know the thing I like most about this movie is sad is just that I've seen references to it in comedic shows and never got the references. And now I'm watching the movie and I'm like, oh, Carousel. <laughs> so I, I liked that. I really feel like I'm a better geek now for this. For, for knowing this popular film from the 70s? Yes, absolutely. And, and I guess I guess, I guess one of those films that, like, Star Wars is kind of overshadowed because this came out, I guess, a year before Star Wars. Yeah. And so that kind of was right before the big paradigm shift when everything had to be like Star Wars afterwards. Yeah. It won a Special Academy Award, was nominated for Best Cinematography and Best Art Direction. It was popular at the Saturn Awards, no shit. <laughs> a sci-fi film that's good. It's popular. It will inherently be popular at the Saturn Awards and the um, Hugo Awards, probably. And Anderson was nominated for the Golden Prize at the 10th Moscow International Film Festival. Interesting. It was a solid movie. Um, I mentioned earlier, part of it reminds me of Planet of the Apes. And it has no, they have nothing to do with each other, aside from being some a, a shading of post-apocalypse. What reminds me of it, there seems to be a pacing from, like, the 70s that, that movies carry, where I think we've been subjected to so much system shock in newer movies, more modern movies, where just things are happening and happening and happening and happening. And there's almost a, a lackadaisical pace through parts of this movie. You're living in the world of parts, mm-hmm. which is, I mean, and in a film that really what's remembered about the entire thing is the world. Absolutely. No, no one really talks about the crystal in your hand too much. Sure. Or you know, the old man or his cats. Well, that's what I feel is confusing about the movie. Because you have... You're living in their world and they're showing it to you, but at the same time, they're, they were really, really vague on a lot of world components that I felt may be important. It's like they show you the robot that they, they very much follow the show-don't-tell... Absolutely. ...possibly to the detriment of the story. At least slightly. But, like, we had a solid cast with um, with Michael York. I thought Jennifer Agutter, I guess is played how... Jessica? Yeah, who played Jessica. Eight or ten, I don't know how many Jessicas six. there were. Jessica Six. Um, I thought she was a really solid role in that. She did. No, she did a good job. She did that very, like, confused... Mm young character who's, you know, now exploring this world because it's, mm-hmm. now, spoiler, that Logan is, you know, sent out as a Sandman to go out and be a runner to infiltrate the Resistance. Which was a fantastic scene. Like, he's sitting there talking to the computer who makes every decision for their society and the computer's like, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna go run. Like, we need to know about this. You'll take the Ankh, which is their secret code symbol, and you'll you'll run. And they're going to believe you because we're going to turn you into red. And he just starts, like, he becomes a red. And he just, the panic, and it's like, he's just begging the computer, like, you're going to turn this back, right? I've had four more years, right? And I think that that instance where, even if they were, and they probably would have. I don't, I, don't th- I don't think they would have. I think it would have just, you know, they've infiltrated it, destroyed it, and destroyed their last evidence. Well, I do think that it took that... It took that moment where he wasn't sure, like, where all of a sudden he had four years left, and then he didn't, to really realize that he wasn't, you know, he wasn't terminating people. He was, he was murdering them. Yes. <laughs> which was a, which was a great scene in this movie where he, he can talks to Jessica, 
who's had her friend murdered by him, and she's like, and he's just like, murder or kill? It was just kill. He's just like, I've, I've never killed a person I've ever. I've terminated him. It's what would have happened anyway. It's my job. So yeah, that was interesting. He was a. What else has he been in? My um, York is fantastic. The, the other film I think people will know. He was. He's in all the Austin Power films. He's Basil Exposition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll recognize his voice more than anything else. Definitely. He was. He was solid in this. He was role. a good actor. I want to see more things he did. To the point where they kept on talking about new use stations where you would go to get things changed about yourself. And I kept on worrying that they were going to just... Change the actor. Flip the main actor. That would have been sad. I also liked his his partner, um, Francis Seven, who becomes an antagonist. Like, that, that slow descent into... It, like, he, he really seemed like he went insane through the course of chasing Logan. Well, he went insane because I think it's one of those, when, when your world is challenged as strongly as that, because, these, you know, everyone in this world has grown up with the idea that when your hand turns blinking red and you're 30, you go to Carousel and renew. Which was the most psychedelic scene ever, for the record. Yeah, and it's in a pretty psychedelic film. Yeah. There was some, they were, they had no qualms about any sense of nudity or anything in this movie either. No. There was just... It was, it was very open. It was kind of refreshing. It, I, it plays to a different society. I mean, both the society that the film is portraying and the society that it was coming out to. I mean, this is a R-rated film from the 70s, I think? No. PG? It was PG. They edited stuff to make it PG. Good old PG nudity. I Those are the days. Because um, in the Wikipedia page, it says that it was previewed to a test audience before its release, and they included the longer sequence, like there's a sequence in the ice cave where Box is there, mm-hmm. and apparently he gets them to pose for his ice sculptures, and that's when there's like a prolonged nudity scene that they completely edited out for the theatrical release. Okay. And several other scenes where um, Francis apparently is hunting down a runner solo, which probably got a little violent. Yeah. So they, so that's they were trying for the. Uh, the PG rating. I mean, there definitely was a looseness with nudity in film. In the 70s? The 70s into the 80s. Hmm. I, I, I enjoy the lack of caring. <laughs> and it wasn't. Well, it didn't really strike you as dirty. It, just, it's, it was it's, what it's it was. It's non-sexual nudity. That's the thing. It was I mean, absolutely, yeah. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later in the next show. We talk about um, Clash of the Titans, which is, again, non-sexual nudity. Yeah. In a PG film. Not a ton, but a little. Not a lot, yeah, no, but but enough that you know you notice it. Yeah, and I mean, but also in the society, they are fairly open with it. And, sure. and I watched this. I watched these two movies back to back last night. So that, I, I think that's the only re- real reason I noticed the Clash of the Titans nudity is because my mind was geared for it. Ah, because it, it was. It See, was, if you were fourteen when you watched that, that's all you remember from that film. That's all I would have watched for the next two weeks. I'm sure. <laughs> that five minute scene, the tape breaks right there. <laughs> Oh, VHS, the ultimate tattletale. <laughs> why does it keep why does it keep jumping right here? <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> In any case, um I liked I, I didn't feel that the the effects were either great or, or bad. They were no. They existed. I think that I liked the design of it. I loved the design. The design was amazingly interesting. And there were a lot of concepts they pulled from that were like they were really amazing and they came up with decent ways to do it and it just was like um, the teleport slash TV almost yeah where he first meets Jessica on, on the circuit to buy your horse right so where well, you put yourself on the circuit shouldn't we be sleeping together so now so in, in, in the future of Match.com you'll just be able to cycle through yep hit yes yep 
They'll show up and you'll have sex and then they'll leave. Definitely, if you, I get the feeling, though, that there might be a little more involved if you're not a Sandman. Maybe, yeah. Like, this might have been, like, the special Sandman channel. I Maybe maybe it's a world of just very... I mean, the world's like a world of pleasure. Like, that, you live for 30 Decadence. years, a yeah, life definitely. of high pleasure, and then you end in this, you know, mysterious renewal. That's what one of the things I didn't get, I suppose, is understandable, is that there were people who didn't agree with any of this at a young age. Like, they called them cubs, and they'd mm-hmm. be, like, 15... Oh, no, they'd be younger than 15. Like 14. And, at, and at 15, you get kicked out. Yeah. But, like, that was a slum like, like, zone. You've got 15 years worth of what seems to be a pretty good life. Don't you want to just revolt later? <laughs> yeah, they, they definitely could explore the world a little more, but I think that if they info-dumped it a lot, it would have hurt the film. Because they don't info-dump at no. all in this film, right? At all, no. I could have seen... I could see this being some sort of, like, if they had... Like, there's enough parts of this world... To make a couple seasons worth of a TV show. There was a TV series starting that ran for like 14 episodes in the 70s. Interesting. There's also a comic book series. Yeah. Briefly. And there's perpetual, there's occasional talk of a remake. I, this is one of the movies where I'm like, okay, I'd like to see your remake, but unfortunately I think we'd ruin it. I think, it, it all depends on who is doing it. That's fair. But like, it seems like so many remakes lately have just, they take the concept and they just turn it into a... An action movie? Yeah. Which, you know, I'm not I'm a fan of action movies, but this is But concept This will be hurt. I'm also a fan of concept science fiction. This is definitely Absolutely the idea of at thirty, there's this major population control element mm-hmm. and no one knows really about it. No and none of them know how it came to be. Mm-hmm. I I love the scenes when they finally get out of the dome and they're talking about things they find like they don't understand a cemetery, they don't understand the Marriage, beloved. They don't beloved. They don't raise their kids. That's the first scene we get is Logan seeing and seeing the pod that his progeny is somewhere in there, but he doesn't get to raise the kid. He's just it's raised by the by the world. Yes, and, and it all builds into this really and and I I think that's a big commentary on society of like you know pushing towards decadence. That's always a complaint that people have that you know mm. we've gotten lazier with our iPads and our <laughs> microphones. No one writes letters anymore. Nope, nope. And the cost of a stamp just doesn't make it very efficient. <laughs> 44 cents. Get a letter across a continent in two days. That is efficiency. <laughs> just calling it how I hear it. But no, this is... I, I like this commentary. Especially the th- things like they're... They develop into a very nice systematic civilization mm-hmm. where it just clicks in their brains that when one person goes to carousel, another is another, born. another is born. It's it's a very cyclical repeating. They don't have too many people because everyone fucking dies at thirty. Yeah, you live a good life of thirty years, mm-hmm. then you die, mm-hmm. and you don't you don't care. I mean, I'd love to see like how are the kids raised, how are they treated, who becomes what? Is it? It's because I I feel like. This, this society felt like one where you were just told what you were going to be. Yeah, you were just assigned the task. Yeah. Like, you're, you're a Sandman. You are a match.com whore. You? I don't know what you are. We'll figure it out. And you are Farrah Fawcett. It, it doesn't say there's many jobs in this world. No. Like, like, I think, like, Sandmen... New yous and whores. Yeah. <laughs> but there are other people who aren't in those outfits. True. I mean, someone's got to serve the food. It, it seems like, but it seems like there's just, you know, yeah, you know, some sort of shop that can be automated. Because mm-hmm. there's definitely automation, and we see that mm-hmm. when they first escape, and they have that robot. Well, that was the, 
I love that scene because they have this robot called Box, and they just as escape from the domes, and you're like, okay, they've escaped, and this guy's gonna lead them to, um, to sanctuary, thing, which, is where they, which is where they supposedly want to go. This this robot's gonna lead them to sanctuary, and then the, the floor drops out, and you're like, oh shit, he's not good at all. <laughs> well, another thing that was interesting with the film is that there's no primary antagonist. Did you notice that, really? That there's... No, the closest thing you have to a primary antagonist is the computer, and you can't consider the computer a primary antagonist because it's just doing what it's, it's programmed, programmed to do. It's programmed to do. And, I mean, the, the, the primary antagonist has been probably been dead for hundreds of years at this point. Absolutely. it's. You, I'm guessing some sort of council or whoever programmed yeah. it or whatever. Who, and and who, what, who picks 30 as the, uh, the death age? Because usually it's old people who, like, come up with these crazy roles, and they wouldn't pick 30. Well, my guess is that, you know... Something bad had to have happened mm-hmm. because there were still like things were out there, but no people were out there. Yeah. So something bad happened. Either nuclear war right. or massive revolts, something like that. And then just uh, you know a small, uh, just enough to create a, a viable human population. Population went into these domes and said, "All right, this is it." And that happened. So we're gonna fix it as hard as we can. I mean, my my closest guess. And this comes from both watching the film and knowing a little bit about the politics of the time. Was that there? Were, there was a lot of talk in the seventies and sixties about population control and the, and the fear of a Malthusian crisis on the whole planet. Mm-hmm. And you know, there are two ways to control population of a planet: mm-hmm. either reduce births or increase deaths. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, when we're doing this, we try to decrease births. Exactly, because because we haven't reached the stage where it seems legitimate to pick an age to kill everyone. We haven't gotten there yet. Give it time. And you, you, you do that to conserve resources. The fear is that, with the Malthusian crisis, is that you have more population than you can supply for. Absolutely. And, um. I mean, we don't talk about that that often, but 60s, 70s, the oil crisis, food crises, that was a real concern for a lot of people. You saw people have bumper stickers say ZPG on them now, or say ZPG now. Yeah. Well, we still see that a little. It's just, it, it doesn't, it's not a constant thing. It ebbs and flows. It, it comes up every so often, but there's never really a strong... There's too much of a sense of personal freedom for people to feel like you should be able to control who they give birth to. Yeah. But there are countries that do it, right? China, maybe? China China definitely did have the one-child policy. Mm-hmm. I don't know. If it kept it? Yeah. Yeah, I don't either. But I, I, I felt like that was definitely a country that dabbled in limited population growth. I mean, there's a lot of countries now that are more worried about rapidly declining populations then. Sure. Increase, I mean, Japan, Russia, Italy, all have negative population growth. Really? Yes. How's that happening? People are giving birth less. Interesting. Marrying later, not marrying at all. Okay. Not having kids. Well, I know that's, it tends to be a, it's not a, obviously it's not a widespread idea, or we'd have it too, but, you know, I know a lot of my peers are just like, yeah, no. I mean, I think that America will, of a certain group of people, will start to see negative population growth. Absolutely. But, in any case, yeah, I could see where, like, coming at it from different points of view, like, this was probably a bit of a sci-fi thriller or almost horror movie from a certain point of view, especially, like, oil crisis, that kind of thing. Like, oh, this could happen! Mm-hmm. Which I think is the beauty, like, that's the best science fiction, yeah. is when you, you take your truth and you just go, okay, let's run with this. You push it, you push it really far out to see what, what the limit of a possibility is. Yeah, now, this is... For me, I, I like watching this, and you, if you think about it when it was made, you think about it now. Mm-hmm. You, this is a film that 
I think it's not nearly as interesting if you're not watching it in the 70s or with the mindset of what was going on at the time. True, but at the same time, I enjoyed can, watching it. Yeah, it's definitely enjoyable, and I'm a history nerd. I think that the, the problem is that we have enough geek buffs between us that mm-hmm. that will find it interesting, whereas if you just played it for a couple 14-year-olds, they'd be like, oh, this is boring. Death at 30, kill them all. Right, yeah. And that's how it starts. Carousel. Well, you also think in the 70s, you also had a lot of student riots. 60s, 70s, when the book and the movie were made. That's a lot of student riots. Sure. They're, you're coming at, like, you had, you, you see a lot of youth revolt in movies and novels. You had Lord of the Flies, Butterfly Revolution. Butterfly, I thought was in the 40s. It is, but okay. I mean, I, maybe a little later than the 40s. I'm not sure of the time period, but. That's. That's somewhere in there. But at this point, we're seeing actual student revolt, and this is sort of the illogical conclusion Mm -hmm. of, you know, students take down the government in some sense. Well, I think that's ongoing. There's always that feeling of when you're older, Mm -hmm. the younger population has it against you. Yeah. And they're definitely, I mean, we're seeing... I feel like that now. (laughs) I I, I do feel like that now. You definitely see articles about that now, but I don't think... I don't think there's nearly as many student riots as there were, you know, in a different time. Not saying that there should be student riots all the time. 54. Okay. Lord of the Flies was published in 54. Movie came out in 60. So that's a little earlier, but you see you see some of that. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't think that's a student riot question. A youth revolt question. I, th- I think that's more of a, a nature of humanity, kind of. It is a nature of humanity, but there's also that sense of... Um, uh, it always comes to mind because the second book I mentioned, Butterfly Revolution, is absolutely a, a mixture of, of the human nature, but also revolt. Basically, it's the story of a couple of kids' camps that they go and they imprison all the adults and later kill them and okay. take over the camps to the point where it's also a mirror of um, Nazi Germany, where the main character it's written in journal form, and he's actually their minister of propaganda. So he's in charge of taking all the young kids and getting them to write letters home that say everything's going great. I love learning how to weave baskets. Ah. So they always remind me, like, there's a similar kind of feeling where you have the youth setting up a civilization, and it's way more bloodthirsty than anything you would think you'd set up. Well, yeah, it's not going to be a fun book otherwise. If I could set up a society, it'd be perfect. I'm sure. If I couldn't, it'd be followed. I'm sure. I'm not a charismatic leader. <laughs> no. I barely have a charisma score. I'm like, I'm like a seven. I think that's very generous to yourself. I think a minus two charisma, I would not be able to get into college. <laughs> no, I disagree. You've, you've got a decent enough intelligence. But getting into a, uh, maybe getting into a graduate program that would have been nigh impossible. Maybe. I, I also think we've crossed a new threshold for geekiness in the podcast for the record, and I want to take a note of the day and time. <laughs> Now we have now begun to reference D&D strictures within our... Uh, in our own personal lives? Yes. Well, my Thacko is like a, like, a, like a five. I refuse to have a Thacko. <laughs> Wait, that's not right at all. It's got 22 for my Thacko. Yeah, Thacko's high. Thacko has to be high, yeah. See, I was raised... I, I played third edition first, so... I started at second. Yeah, well... I mean, I've been playing for nine years this coming September... That's because you're a child. Yeah. Of course you want Carousel and Death at 30. I, I, do, I do want to see a world where we have population controls. You've, you've got quite a bit of time before you have to worry about Carousel. Yeah, well. You, you are solid and green. I'm going to set that up soon. <laughs> I'm, I'm on the other end. You I never, know. <laughs> I think I'm safe, actually. Well, maybe like 45 is the new 30. Maybe. I, we saw that on Twitter today. Yeah, the, or no, Facebook. Facebook, uh, Jefferson Ang. 
yeah. posted that. I'm stealing your joke, Jefferson. <laughs> but in any case, um, I thought it was a solid movie. I think that if you if you want to experience the best sci-fi and horror, you have to watch it with your mind frame in the space it was created. Mm-hmm. Because especially for those kind of movies, that's where they're coming from. Yeah. So, you know, you watch Godzilla thinking about how terrified people You've were of nuclear power. You've got to think 54 in Japan. Right. I mean. And you watch, you watch this and think, gas crisis, population Food control, crisis. the yeah. Russians. <laughs> There's all this stuff where you're just, you're terrified of certain things. And this is really, if you really trace back, you have to see some traces of communism in this. You definitely see some, you know, you sit, you know, society control. There's one thing we haven't touched on, which is the music for this film. And I think it does have a strong effect, and it's Jerry Goldsmith, so he's a very, you know, he's a well-known. I, I thought it fit with the movie, and it's the best I could say about it. Like it, it, it contributed to the film. It contributed. I think it, it shifted over time as they, you know, inside it's all very electronic techno, not techno, but I guess, I guess the word is synthesizer at the time. I don't know. I think I'd have to watch it again. It then, was, it was so seamless. And then when you go outside, it's all orchestral. It's now I got to watch it again. Because whatever he did, it was seamless enough that, they, that, they that really I didn't really... They really the music to, to build the film in, in a neat way. That's interesting. But no, I really liked the music. I liked it. I just didn't... It didn't... It, it was done well. Mm-hmm. Well enough that I didn't pick it out, even when we're watching it from a critical point of view. Um, I really liked the designs. The des- I love the city design. I mean, I'm a, I'm a fan of, of, you know, building a city that looks like that. Like, that is... What my dream city looks like. It looked like monorails. A, it looked like a gigantic ball. <laughs> what it reminded me of, and this might say something about me, is that if you look at the plans for Disney World, mm-hmm. that's what it looked like to me. With okay. the monorails and it's going through buildings. Sure. And, but, like, um, I liked the design of the city. I liked the wardrobe. Did it strike me as very 70s? Yes. Oh, yeah. But I liked... They, they went out of their way to make it... It was uniform. It wasn't, like, haphazard... There were styles for the city. They designed their world. Like there's absolutely an art designer in this film, and he deserved to get some um, to get some laurels. 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 There we go. Definitely. Um, but yeah, from the top to bottom, it's a good movie. But fair warning: if you're not coming at it from that point of view of science fiction lover or history lover or something like that, there's every chance you'll find it very boring. It it, it is dated, but that doesn't mean it's bad or weak. No, it has something to contribute. Although I did find the only complaint I have about the movie is that the climax was relatively flat in my mind. It it does just kind of... End. End. It's the same kind of thing. Like, it really, like, and that may be what what reminds me of uh, Planet of the Apes Mm -hmm. 2, where it's just like you kind of, just, the movie just ends. Oh, one other thing I want to talk about, the interaction between Jessica and the old man when they first... Oh, like the wrinkles thing? Yeah, that, like she didn't like... they never seen an old person, and they didn't quite... Yeah, they didn't know how... Understand like, aging. I love the fact that, like, they get up into the... Uh, they get up, they look at the Lincoln Memorial, and they're looking at it, and I felt like... I felt like they lost a sense of, like, something they could have said, where he's just looking at it, and he's like, well, I guess this is... He looks so different. I guess this is what older looks like. And I'm just like, you... You just had it right there. You could have been I guess this is the look of wisdom. <laughs> or something like that. But, you know, they just, apparently, Lincoln's just an old man. I don't, I don't think they associate age and wisdom, honestly. But I, I think that would have been a nice breakthrough, though. It wouldn't have been an appropriate place to start realizing 
mm-hmm. that now that you're out of your society, maybe your society's yeah. views aren't exactly correct. Well, honestly, at that point, they hadn't met anyone else. No. They just had seen a ruined society. And when you see a ruined society, you assume that you were doing something right because your society isn't ruined. Ish. Well, you know, they got this weird thing of killing people at 30. But yeah, they see the old man, she wants to touch his wrinkles. They're terrified of cats, I love that. Well, who she, is it? She hates outside. She gets outside and she just, she just bitches for the next 20 minutes of the movie. Well, it's all fresh air and sunlight. And then, like... Clearly nerds created the society. Right. This is, this is just you to take a dome over Comic-Con or Gen Con. This is right. you, you put a dome over Gen Con and, then you, and you're told to build a society. And then you kill anyone that's Actually, over no. 30. It's like five people at Gen Con at this point. No way. Fine, like Dexcon or Philcon. Maybe. And there's like one person left. And they're 29 in like 11 and a half months. But no, like, um, no, that was a good interaction, and it was fun to see them interacting with the outside environment. Um, and they, he, he, it's such old hat to him by the time they're heading back to the city. Like, it's like, yeah, I built a fire. I'm badass. I'm cool. I can make things. <laughs> I, can, I can create fire, and I think we're going to have this little marriage thing on our way back. You just want to stay forever? Let's stay forever. Okay, we're married now. The, 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 apparently marriage is really easy to figure out, <laughs> and the old man is their son. It was a very... Yeah, right, it really is. It was a very s- sweet way for them to discover the idea, the concepts of, love. like... Like, she she instinctively knew she wanted to be with him, she was going to follow him, but their society had no place... No, had no concept of romance? Like right. The word no long-term attachment, yeah. no romance. So the idea... The old man really had to provide them with the words. The concept of romance? <laughs> like, you know, that's just, you know, when you say you're going to do this forever. <laughs> like... And they're just like, well, forever? What? That's like two years from now, so sure. <laughs> For what, like ten years or more, maybe? We can't, you've got to be like, what, you're like 35, right? I mean, the end of society is destroyed. Like, I'm assuming the society's going to collapse again. Absolutely. And how how long do you feel, like, surely they see this old man and they think, well, this guy's like 35. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he's like 32 or something. Right? Is that, 30, you, is that 31? I will I think they dropped, like, they missed a part where they could have really, like, really did a number on it. Maybe, like, a remake where it's, like, three hours long. Right. Peter Jackson, overly long remake. I always like his remakes, though. He does a good job, but he makes it, I think, longer than they can be. King Kong was solid, but you do kind of want to kill yourself at the end of it. Yeah. (laughs) Like, when the monkey dies, you're just like, why couldn't that have been me? (laughs) Then we'd be done with this. At the same time, it was a brilliant movie. It was good, (laughs) but I think that, I don't know if you can... Stretch this much further, like either info dumpy or boring. This would need something. It would need another plot. It would. It need to be a B plot or something. But I also wonder if it add like a primary antagonist, like a clear villain to the film. I think that takes it away. Exactly. That would weaken the film if there's a clear villain. Because this has to then be. Then there's an obvious success. Absolutely. And this has to be. Society needs to be the villain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and just the social order is the problem. Absolutely. But in any case, did we have any comments from Twitter or Facebook about Logan's run? No. Okay. Just just checking, because I love it when you all do that, so. We had nothing today. Thanks, Twitter and uh, <gasps> Facebook. Bastards. I'm going to send you guys hate mail. Dear Twitter and Facebook, how many, why don't you hate me enough? How many people do I need to send that to to really, like, contribute a fair slice of hate mail? I don't know. Um, we'll, we'll, do, we'll do the numbers, and I'll get on that. Okay. 
Uh, in any case, what's next for the, the Delve? Next up is an anime film known as My Youth in Arcadia. It is the Captain Harlock compilation retelling film. You say Captain Harlock like I should know who that is. Uh, maybe the listeners know. <laughs> He's a space pirate. Ah, okay. Oh, you can't go wrong with a space pirate. You, you can go wrong with space pirate. Did they go wrong here? It's on the list. No. It better not have No, gone they wrong. don't go wrong here. <laughs> what space pirate have we gone wrong with? I don't know, but I'm sure I can find a space pirate. We've, we've, I'm sure I can find bad space pirates. Alright, this isn't a challenge. This isn't a challenge. I'm backing off now. <laughs> I will dig through the annals of space pirates. I, I'm backing off now. <laughs> Listeners, please find me. I'm terrible with space pirates. You could just ask your dad. He's the only person who's going to come back with that. I, I think dad, or I'm challenging you, Alan Mendez. <laughs> He's sweet RT. I know you're listening. In any case, that's all for the Dell this week. We'll see you next time. See you next time.